swear I got a couple plans, I chill with the camp, tryna make a couple bands, I chill, going hard, baby, ain't nobody playing, I chill, I'm a god, they calling me the man, I chill, swear I got a couple plans, I chill with the camp, tryna make a couple bands, I chill, going hard, ain't nobody playing, I chill, I'm a Welcome to the B-Block Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Scott. I appreciate you for joining me. And I just need y'all to understand how busy my Wednesday was or just how ridiculous it was for me. Trying to run a website, trying to produce content, and trying to be three places at once. All remotely His first world problems man I gotta tell you his first world problems But when James Harden gets traded When you're already on pins and needles about What's gonna be the next bomb to drop With Deshaun Watson Like that's in the backdrop of everything you do right now If you're in Houston or if you're covering sports in Houston Or if you cover the Texans What's next with the issues between Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans organization? When are they going to hire a head coach? Because you figure that's got to be coming up pretty soon. And then Wednesday, just to paint the picture for y'all so you can understand what I was doing. I'm basically in charge of the audio and video of our exclusive interviews at Sports Radio 610 with coaches that are being honored or recognized in the Paul Bear Bryant Awards, which benefit the American Heart Association. A real cool event and real cool cause, uh, righteous cause, and just a, just a, a cool thing. And, and really from a content side an opportunity for media to have access to all of these different coaches it's always going to be the nominees for coach of the year bear bryant coach of the year is always going to be somebody relevant right so we're in there talking to to dabo swinney we're in there talking to jimbo fisher you know we've got nick saban uh on the line i i even kind of Quasi broke some news. I wouldn't say broke it because Bruce Feldman had this days ago and we all kind of understood and knew that Bill O'Brien was going to be the next offensive coordinator for Alabama. But I was even able to get in with Nick Saban and get him to, to confirm that essentially by, by talking to him. So we got a lot going on and I'm in charge of all of it. The audio and video production part of it. And we got a lot going on. We got a we got a Zoom room, a Zoom link with Payne and Pendergast doing these exclusive interviews. And then of course, your guy Nick Saban isn't doing an exclusive. He's gonna do the general media availability, the 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 press junket part of it, and that's gonna be it. And I, and I want to say he might have been the only one who wasn't trying to do the exclusive one-on-one. Because, I mean, that's that's just extra, right? That would have been extra time that he would have had to spend. And, and for what? So I'm having to monitor two different rooms in and out of both of them. And you know what happens there is essentially 
if you're in two different Zoom rooms, you're almost like not even in one of them. Unless you're some kind of grade A multitasker. Now, I want to point out that the Paul Bear Bryant Awards, this was the 35th annual. So the, the 35th of these. So this this happens every year. I guess this is the first one with a pan, during a pandemic, right? So this was the first virtual one. But you can bank on these happening every year. It is a planned event, 35th annual. But the night before, the night before, what happened? Everything came to a head. Everything finally came to a head with the Rockets. The Rockets went out there, embarrassed themselves against the Lakers. They got LeBron out there shooting threes, acting like he's Steph Curry, paying off bets, shooting the three, letting it go, and not even watching it go in before he looks at his bench. Just disrespectful. Disrespectful. And, and I ain't mad at him for it. I'm just saying, like, this is what they think of you as a squad. And I don't know, they, they cut it to 17 at some point. But, I mean, they were down by a million, basically. Like, this game was not ever competitive. And neither was the other one that they played against the Lakers. So, what happens after that game? Well, James Harden finally says the thing that we already knew he was thinking. Or that we could already tell he was thinking based off of his actions, both off the court and on the court. The way he's been playing the last few games and, of course, all of the things that led up to the season, training camp and not being there on time and all of that stuff. Finally lets us know, man, I don't think we're good enough. The chemistry, the talent, none of it is there. I don't believe in it. I'm not buying in. Whoa, 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 whoa. The disrespect. I mean, the blatant disrespect, right? And so then you hear from John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, and they're not here to mince words with it. Like, like these are veterans in the league. They are James Harden's peers in terms of, you know, age and standing in the league, like when they came up. Like, these guys are the same age. Like, he's not, he's not talking down to anybody here. So DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall are like, man, I don't, I don't know what the deal is with this dude. And so that's the background that you enter into Wednesday with coming in from Tuesday night. You know that the shit just hit the fan with the Rockets and you're not really expecting James Harden to be on the team anymore. So while I'm in these Zoom rooms in charge of this audio, trying to make sure everything goes smoothly, trying to see what stories need to be turned around from the audio that we're producing or that we're getting from the interviews that we're doing. I'm seeing James Harden not at practice today. They thought it was best for him to stay home. My guy Adam Spillane on Twitter would be surprised if James Harden was a rocket by the by close of business. Sure as hell, he wasn't. The Rockets traded James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets for a boatload of picks. And the trade involved like four teams, four teams, the, the, the parts that you care about as a Rockets fan. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'd imagine that you, you probably care more about the Rockets than anybody else. But the parts that you basically care about are 
what the Rockets got and gave up. And basically what they got, what they gave up is James Harden. That's it. And what they got back is Victor Oladipo from Indiana, Dante Exum, and four first-round picks, and four first-round pick swaps. First-round picks in 2022, 2024, 2026 from Brooklyn, 2022 from Cleveland via Milwaukee, and then the first-round pick swaps in 2021, 2023, 2025, 2027 via Brooklyn. And I can't even think that damn far ahead to 2027. And there's a future second round pick from Indiana in there. So an ass load of picks, like this is the NFL or something for James Harden and and Victor Oladipo for James Harden. The last time I talked to you, I had walked back my position on wanting James Harden traded. He started the season looking pretty good, even though the team didn't necessarily look all that great. James Harden was playing pretty well to start the season, and he seemed bought in. He seemed committed. And I don't know at what point it turned around. I don't know at what point it changed. And maybe maybe that was never actually the case. That was probably naive to think. Like the, the reports were out there already that he was going to come in and be professional or and whatever exactly that meant. But, yeah, he came in and played, and he played pretty well to start the season. And then he started playing poorly, and not just playing poorly, but like playing like he didn't really care. And it was at that point that I realized, well, I don't know how many different times I'm going to go back and forth on this James Harden thing, but it doesn't really matter what I think or what I feel or whether I want James Harden traded. That dude's got to go. That dude's got to go. And my position was, if he's going to play like James Harden, then don't trade him. Like, there's no there's no reason to trade a still-in-his-prime James Harden who's under contract for the next two years. I don't give a damn how mad he is, unless, unless how mad he is looks like this. And this is what how mad he is looks like. Disengaged disrespectful teammates don't want to be around him got to get him out of here at some point (laughs) like in the last week maybe it was maybe maybe it was that first laker game at some point i think i gave up on the idea of winning like like for the rockets like i gave up on that as like an aspiration or a goal And all I really wanted to see was good basketball, entertaining basketball. I wanted a team that I could root for, that I could believe in, that I could be entertained by. They don't necessarily have to beat the Lakers. They don't necessarily have to be great per se, but it has to be a team that is worth watching. And I thought that a team with James Harden, an engaged James Harden, and a rejuvenated John Wall could be exactly that. I was hoping so. Looking for that bounce back year from Eric Gordon. Optimistic about what the basketball itself could look like, even if it wasn't as competitive as maybe you thought it would be in the previous years or the way it had been in previous years. You're not contending for a title more than likely. I was cool with that. But then you seen how it went. (laughs) You seen how it went. And look, I don't think that 
DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall are about to be up in here tolerating disrespect, and I don't give a damn how long it's been your franchise. So this is what it is. The James Harden era in Houston is over with. It is infuriating that it is James Harden himself, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but it is infuriating that it is James Harden himself who blew up this team. It is infuriating that it is James Harden himself who decided that he couldn't win with Chris Paul and helped orchestrate the deal to send Chris Paul to OKC and bring back Russell Westbrook, a player who was not as good a fit as Chris Paul was and turned out to not necessarily even be as good a player as Chris Paul was. And not just that, stylistically, talk about fit, they had to change everything that they did and get rid of a whole nother guy because of that move. And you see where it's left them. James Harden is the primary reason for the Rockets' success over the last, you know, half decade or so. Primary reason for it. He is also the primary reason why it did not work and why it ultimately had to blow up. Like, this is a mess of his own doing, and there's no way around that. There's no way around that. I suggest y'all check out my guy Adam Spillane's piece on SportsRadio610.com asking if Harden's ugly exit tainted his Rockets' legacy. I think it did. I think it did, absolutely. And it's even before the exit. Like, the exit is just, the exit is insult to injury. What I think really tainted Harden's legacy is orchestrating that Chris Paul trade. That, to me, is where it starts. And then to one out on the back end after it doesn't work out with Russell Westbrook, I'm not bagging on the guy for a lack of commitment. For me, it's more about a lack of judgment. Bad judgment, poor judgment. That's what the issue is right there. I just think it's messed up that he's the root of this mess and then kind of wants to act like he's not. And then he's going to go to Brooklyn with Kyrie. And is Kyrie going to be there? How is that going to work? Is he even around? Is he replacing? Is Kyrie going to play? And if so, are they going to play together? Can you imagine that? Like, this is going to be one of the more fascinating social experiments in the NBA outside of how they navigate COVID and whether they even are able to play games. Like actual basketball and, you know, NBA-specific type drama stuff, this is going to be it right here. I thought that Brooklyn could be competitive with a healthy KD and a healthy Kyrie. I thought they could be competitive in the East anyway. Now I don't really see I don't really see who's beating them if they all if they're all healthy, if they all play. Like if this thing with Kyrie keeps up and and he's aloof and or whatever, you know, change the calculus on it. But if Kyrie's playing, James Harden's playing, Kevin Durant's playing, that's got to be the favorite in the East, right? So this is going to be fascinating. People watching, I think that the sentiment in Houston, as far as James Harden goes, is good riddance, and I can't really say I blame people. 
can't really say I blame people to, based off the way this has gone down and the way it is materialized. But good luck to James Harden. Good luck to Brooklyn with all of that. I will be watching from afar, hopefully laughing, but hopefully also entertained by the basketball.